So, man-to-man podcast, Dennis, Mike, uh, we're here in the basement again recording, so... Um, man cave. The man cave, yep. Um, we're, we're about two months, we're about seven, seven weeks away from our next basic, which now. is in Danbury, Wisconsin, Wild at Heart Basic. So you've, you've been to or led or helped lead probably about a dozen of these basics so far. Um, over the last like year, basically that that uh, that you've been doing this. So, give me just a quick rundown of what it is. So, if somebody's watching and they're like, "Hey, you guys keep bringing up this basic, what is it? What am I doing? Why it's would I go?" A, to this? It's a life changing event that will have men reclaim their masculine heart. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's basically what <laughs> it is. I mean, to be realistic, that's what it is. Obviously, it's led by John Eldridge and his team. You know, mm-hmm. through video, the Wild Art team, the process of how they do it is just amazing. So. Any guy that, like I say, it doesn't matter where you're at in life, young, old, married, unmarried, it just doesn't matter. Uh, every single time there is transformation that happens in the heart of every man that I can that I can ever remember. I don't think there hasn't been one in any of the events that I've done or helped to where someone said, you know, that was a waste of my time. I, I don't think I've ever heard that. I know I have never heard that. Um, and so what I mean by life-changing is you you literally become a man that's grounded in the belief of what God can do in a man's life uh, right. by bringing up things that have been holding you back that you didn't even realize you had to adding things that you need to for the rest of your life. So it isn't like leaving you in this pit of despair, but it actually you walk out of it with a plan and a purpose to take what you've learned and walk out as a new guy. So, right. I mean, I could sit here and talk for 20 minutes about it, you know that, but mm-hmm. that's kind of the basics of it. So. Cool. So it's it's four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. It's really actually seventy two hours, I wanna say, almost exact. But it's it's four days, Thursday night, Friday all day, Saturday all day, Sunday morning. Um bunch of guys, you know, could be five people, it could be fifty people, who knows, you know, how many people show up to these things. Um but anyways, you're out in the woods, you're kind of processing through all of these things but so it's a lot of alone time mixed with a lot of time where you get other guys around you to kind of build some uh, some bonds with that yeah uh, and the big thing is you disconnect right you know that's that to me is the biggest thing you you put your phones away and you don't you don't look at phones or emails or internet and and you know as well as i do because you've led multiple of these too now i mean just a day away from that right is life-changing so for sure so it's basically taking the same content that the Wild at Heart team teaches when people go out, fly out to Colorado and go to their boot camps. It's putting it in video form and it's bringing it into your world and allowing you to do it without having to fly out to Colorado and do their boot camp, which they only do once a year. So it's really hard to get into and do. Which by um, just which by the way, whenever they have sign ups for it, it's over two thousand men for sign sure. up for that every yep. year, and they got to pick six hundred of them, right? Six hundred, four hundred, yeah. Of them. yeah. It just goes to show you that we can do it in Minnesota. Right. It's just not live. So, website, mandoman.org. There's an events tab. Signups are open now. We have two different price points, um, you know, more of a bunkhouse style uh, sleeping and then the lodge style sleeping, which is smaller rooms. Um, So, guys have choices. They can do it. Sign up. It's at the end of August, 24th through the 27th. It's available now for people to go sign up. So, I'm excited about it. I'm. it's it's just one of those things that every time we do it, it 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 speaks to you know you come away with it with we I mean we've been to a lot of them. <laughs> I don't 
like we've been to 12, but we've been there. I feel like you've got to at least hit 12. I, I think I'm more Man. like eight. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a lot, but. We've done three. We've done three, right. And so I know I participate in, yeah, four, four, at least four. So eight, eight or nine, yeah. yeah. We're kind of not counting to becoming a king. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. but. But yeah, you've done a few, and, and that's what's so great. Me and you look at each other every time, and though we're hosting them and leading them, oh, we're still getting wrong. Very little leading going on. <laughs> hosting is definitely the word. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's definitely the Wild at Heart team that leads it. Yeah. Um, we just kind of host it, and, and the great thing is we come away with it with with all of this these you know this this change in our own hearts, and just with right. this ability to look at things and go, "Holy crap!" You know. Um, I never saw my life that way, or I never thought of things this way, you know, and in conversations that we have with guys, stuff is constantly coming up where I'm like, yep, that was in session four. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the great thing about it, and this is what, I mean, I don't, you know, we could talk about this all day, you know, we can, but, but I think that the thing about it is, it, you know, John and his team always talk about that. This isn't a stick. It's a lifestyle. Right. And that's why I think you can go back three, four or five times. Mm hmm. And you're still going to be learning things. You're still because why? Because it's not a weekend event that you learn everything and you get a package full of all your all your end results and all your answers. And now you're good for the rest of your life. No, and I think he's designed it that way for sure. purposely for other men that get changed by it to host these events. He wants right. these things done all over the world, mm -hmm. and they are. There's right. one. Oh, yeah. I think there's one this weekend in like Glasgow. I mean, they're they're you know they're all over the place. I know there was one. I think last weekend in New Zealand. Yeah, there's, um, there's two in Ireland I found the yep, other day. Yep. You know, so. It's pretty cool to watch this. And, and it, you know, it goes along with what we're talking about. You know, we've been talking about last year, last week, we started a, a conversation about fatherhood, you know, part two this week. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that I think in my life, and so this is from personal, this is a, you know, a personal um, journey that I've been on for the last, you know, for the last couple of years here with, with you. And, um, you know, and one of the things is, is you start to realize, you start to examine the things that affected your life that from your, from your childhood. And again, it's not like the, you know, lay down on the couch, tell me about your mom, right? Like, that's not what this is. But there are things that happen. And in, in, in the basic retweet, we, we talk a lot about retweet. That's a, <laughs> totally lost <laughs> my tongue somewhere in there. Retreat. Um, retreat. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, they talk about father wounds and things like that. And, as a dad, you can't help but think, you know, the, the content is talking about your wounds that you've suffered as a father. But as a dad, you can't help but think about the wounds that your kids have suffered because of you. Right. Like, it's, it's almost immediately I go there every single time. And, and that's where this, um, you know, where this question that I, that I asked you to talk about today came from, really, is me going, holy crap, what wounds do my kids have? from me right i mean i was a christian um when my kids were born i just didn't act like it all the time i just didn't frankly i mean there were a lot of areas in life where where i didn't and you know we talked a little bit about in our, another podcast which we were talking about earlier right the difference between jesus is savior and jesus is lord being saved and being a disciple like those two things really are what we're talking about here and and yeah i was saved but I don't know that I was, I know that I wasn't being discipled. Right. I didn't have mentors. I didn't have people that I was mentoring, right? right. That, that's what we're doing here is we're right. trying to, you know, we're trying to expand that reach and mentor people. Um, and that's where, 
that's where it was pretty obvious if you look at the way I raised my kids. So now I have a 14 and a 17 year old, right? So I have, I have kids who are beyond that stage of me being able to uh, teach them on a daily basis uh, directly, right? right? Like sit down, right? Proverbs 22, 6, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it, right? I, we started them a little bit in the way that they should go, you know, my wife and I, and, and you know, and I, and I but, but we missed huge, I missed huge right. opportunities to teach them in the ways that right. they should go. And so now they're 14 and 17. Right. So the question is, what can I do now? Because as guys that are in my position who are past this point of having young kids, right. We can't go back. Right. I can't go back and start them off in the way that they should go because they've already been started in the way that they're started. Right. So, exactly. so what do I do now? How do I, with a, you know, with a young adult and a teenager, how do I continue to, or try to direct their path at this point when they have started to develop their own worldviews and viewpoints on things? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, Danny, is the, is the reality of you and I being a parent and a father, you know, we all mess up and God's grace is sufficient for that. I mean, you know, the fact of the fact that where you say, you know, Jesus was my savior and my Lord, I had the same thing. You know, there, there's just something I didn't, some things in my life when it came to my parenting, my kids that I didn't, I wasn't taking lordship right. uh, or following his lead. I was doing it on my own and, and, and thinking that I had the answers, you know? And so this, the great thing and the sucky thing about it is, you know, when your kids do get, 13, 14, 15 years old, you see the things that you contributed that were good. Right. And you see the things that you contributed that were like, oh my gosh, that oh, was crap. so me and crappy. And how oh, I can't believe my son said that. Wait a minute. I can believe he did that mm-hmm. because I remember doing that as a parent. Um, and so I believe no matter what, we, we all as parents and we all as dads have done that in some way, shape, or form. But the big difference I believe right now is when, if you're in that spot or if there's a dad in that spot of where, you know, okay, the, younger years are over and I can see some of the things my kids are believing and doing now and it's not what I want them to be doing. I think the reality is remembering that, you know, that those first first to seven, first year one to seven years old is, is such an informative year that mm-hmm. good and bad they're gonna learn everything from you as a parent. I don't care if they're I don't care if they're in daycare all day. I don't care that you're the contributing factor to, to that child as a parent. And uh so it's more teaching mode, you mm-hmm. know, when they're younger, right? And then when they get old enough and they get their own voice, you know, and they don't necessarily want to be taught, right, right by us. Um, I think it's more now seeing the things that we've done done well, but also seeing things that we haven't done well, and now being an example to them mm-hmm. more than it is teaching them. What what do I mean by being an example? Change it, right? Change your change your heart so your behavior towards that child will change so they see it now. Right. Um, uh, you know, at the same time, don't go out, don't go and feel all guilty for the mistakes we made. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you good at that. You know, well, <laughs> well, it's easy to, right. You know, and, and the thing that I think we have to balance is, of course, we made mistakes. And of course, that we sold things we probably didn't want to seal or sew into them. At the same time, when they're 16, 17, 18 year olds, they're going to start making their own decisions. Yeah. Right. For sure. Whether they're good or bad. Right. They're going to take their own decisions. And sometimes they make a bad decision despite how good we raise them as a parent. Sometimes they make a 
good decision despite how we raised them as a parent. But there does come a point in time in that child's life where they're going to make their own decisions despite necessarily what I taught them. Right. And so that's where I think, I don't think, I don't think God, or it doesn't say through scripture when God's talking about himself as a father, does he say that he wants us to feel guilty for the things that we've done wrong? You know, it's right. not saying that. But now, at the same time, I know for my own life, when my kids got to be teenagers and I began to see the fruit of my mm-hmm. direction, right? I asked for forgiveness. Sure. I went to them and said, you know what? I apologize because I was very critical was one area of my life that we've probably heard on this podcast before. I was very critical to you for many years. Could you forgive me for that? Right. That's all I can do. Right. Right. And so now what? Now I got to lead a life that's less critical. So they see that there's change in the right. way. Because the forgiveness, right? Asking forgiveness. I mean, that's step one. And, 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 and I've done that. Gosh, you know, like you said, I mean, constantly, right? Constantly with my kids. I'm like, yeah. hey, you know, you're right. I did say that. And I need you to forgive me for that yeah. because that was wrong. Yeah. And that's hard. It's actually not hard. I shouldn't say it's not hard to do that. It's hard because they always look at you like, yeah, okay, right. And, and why do they look at you like Show that? me. Exactly. Is what, they, is what they're looking for, right? right? Like, I've heard this before. Yep, exactly. It's, or not, not even I've heard it before, but more so, you know, like, why would you do something okay. and then apologize for it right. and then make me think that you're not you know like i'm not supposed to do that you did it right now just because you apologize for it doesn't mean you didn't right exactly. right as a teenager they've got this mentality of but you already did it. right like cats out of the bag kind of thing right? <laughs> right, right and so so really it's it's you know i mean with my kids frankly what i'm what i tr- am trying to model is yeah i did that um i'm gonna ask your forgiveness and now you hold me accountable for not doing that again which is because he's 17 and 14 they can do that exactly. they can look at you and be like oh are we gonna do that again <laughs> you're like well, yeah. no definitely not you know yeah. and they you can participate with you and they can participate with you and, and again not to say hey i do this all the time and i do this really well but it's something yeah, and and it helps them to see the reality of adulthood of yes. of being, which is yeah. you're gonna you might screw up, and it doesn't make you a screw up. Well, it means you did screw. Up. Right, and the biggest thing to me is with parenting and being a father, and I wish I would have did this every time too. Is or remember this every time is that people, not just your children, people are not going people are not going to remember the mistake. <laughs> they won't remember the mistake if they see the change, sure. right? They'll, if they see the change, that's what they're going to remember. You keep repeating the same mistake over and over again, and they're going to see the mistake. But you change, they'll start to they'll see the change over the mistake, mm-hmm. and that's what teenagers are looking for. Teenagers are teenagers are looking for someone that's going to do life with them, not tell them how to do life. That's just that's where they're at, and right. that's the change that's got to be be done. So if I'm going to say something, I got to be more than a Pharisee and just tell them this is what I want you to do, but then lead with a different. Right. You know, that's why Jesus says in Scripture, he says, you know, do what they say, but don't do what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what they were saying was a lot of truth to it, but their actions weren't it at right. all. It didn't line up. Right. And teenagers can read that. I was a youth pastor for 14 years. I mean, mm-hmm. teenagers can pick out 
so many things from adults, man. Some of my greatest, some of my adult leaders, they weren't adult leaders anymore just because the teenagers like, I'm not sure about that guy because they're very insightful. They can see, they can feel. But the difference is now than the seven-year-old is now they're vocal about it. Right, right, <laughs> right. Now yeah. they're gonna, now they're going to tell you straight to your face. Mm-hmm. You know, they challenge you. On oh it, yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a two-year-old reaches for a stove. Challenge you whether you want you whether he's going to touch it or not. They do that at 13, 14, 15, 16. Now they're mm-hmm. going to start challenging you. They want to see a result. Right. They don't want to see a parent lying to them, just saying it over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did it again. I'm sorry. I did it again. And I think. Uh, uh, and once again, my my kids were my plumb line a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. And I just like you told your kids, hey, hold me accountable. I told mine. You know, Jackie was a plumb line to me for many years about the, how much time I spent with her. Right. Right. Because I. Gave my life to ministry in so many ways. And then uh, that one time, I don't know if I ever told the story, but that one time, you know, she, this is what I caused her to be my plumb line. This one time she, uh, Dad, can I talk to you? I'm like, honey, I just got home from work. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of important. Can I talk to you? I'm like, you know, can, can we talk tomorrow? And she looked at me and she goes, you know, Dad, I, every single Wednesday night on youth night, I see you sitting across the table from teenagers talking to them for 45 minutes to an hour. Now I'm asking you for some time and you don't have time for me? Right. Oh. Talk about a kick in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I told her, I said, when I'm not spending the time that I need with you, I said, I want you to hold me accountable. Right. And so she would. She would walk up to me and say, Dad, you're not spending time with me. But she'd walk up to me and say, so how have you been the last couple of weeks, Dad? Right. That was my cue. That was the plumb line of her going, we haven't had date night or those kind of things. or We haven't spent time together. You know. Right. So, and I think teenagers love that. In other words, I think they want to be put in that position as a parent. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, my gosh, you want me to help you. Right. Right. So Yeah, come alongside and, and let's let's walk this thing together. together. I mean it's it's admitting that you're not perfect. Right. Well, and right. It's admitting that they have value. Hey, you can help me with this. Right. Um and they do, frankly. I mean it's not like it's not like this is groundbreaking stuff here. I mean right. these are your kids. They have value. They can provide value to their own lives right. and direction to their own lives when they get to be this age. Now you know, I think that they have much less figured out than they think that they do. Well, you know, and, that, <laughs> right? and that was, that's what's so interesting. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, when you really. think about when you think about the first one through seven, you know, years of years of age, you know, it's clinically proven that when kids cry, when they when they're young and they cry or they scream or they yell, we think it's something we need to discipline out of them. But what they're doing is they're actually trying to communicate right. something that they feel they don't have the words to communicate. So that's how they communicate. That's right. how they. They burst out and scream. Well, it's not because they're disobedient kids or they're, no, they're trying to communicate a feeling that they have no words to put with it. Right. That's a 15-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. That they're, they're sensing something's not right. Now they're communicating, but they have no clue right. exactly how to communicate. So they're just going to go off with what, the, what the comes to their head first, you know. Mm-hmm. Dad, you suck because you did, you know, hey, okay. Yeah. What's going you, you, on? You hate me. Yes. And you're like, What? Oh, we were just hugging. What are you, what are you talking about? Right? Oh my gosh! Right, right. So they're, they're, trying, they're trying to communicate what's going on in them without the ability or the or the learned behavior to communicate it. Right. And so when we see them communicate something different or difficult, we we right away correct them. Yeah. Right. And then we wonder why they don't talk to us. Yeah. You know, versus the you know the all right you know I I don't I don't don't feel hate for you but you know what am I what 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 causes gives you that thought right like what what is happening between the two of us and and you know what i find so much that happens with my sons 
are, you know, you get the, well, I don't know. Yeah. And you're like, all right, you know, so how did we get here then, right? Like, walk me through the steps to get from where we were to now. Because if you don't know, I don't know, and neither one of us knows, and so how do we get here, right? And you can, if you can get them to engage, which well, sometimes you can't, sometimes you can, then you can sort of walk through and go, okay, I see how you came to that conclusion. I don't hate you, right. you know, and I just want you to know that, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to try to do some things right. different. And you go back to that, right? I apologize that you felt that way. Now, you know, help me, help me. Right. to do different things along that path so that we don't get to here. And that's the other, you know, that's the other thing I, I didn't do well. I mean, we could talk, I could do 2,500 different things I didn't do well, but, oh, yeah. but the fact I that when, you know, when they, when they say, you hate me, and then we're like, well, okay, why do you think that way? I, I don't know. I don't care. I want to talk about it. Then we push them to talk. Right. Well, they're already upset, and they're already angry at something, so the worst time to have a conversation right, is yeah. when they're there. For sure. But what do we do? We want to fix it, so we push them. Well, come on, just let's talk about it. Well, then, then we end up getting an argument. Or, or here's my favorite one that I do, right? I'll... <laughs> I'll go, I don't hate you. Look at, I just bought you this yeah. and I did that. And I did like, you know, right. like, like proof, like listing off a bunch of things yeah. that you just did is good. And they're going to go, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Dad. Well, you, you think like about me. that. I'm going to go play, continue to play the PlayStation that you bought me, that you just proved to me that you love me because of it. Right. I mean, they, like that just doesn't, doesn't work. It, yeah. It but at the work. same time, it's the first thing that you comes to oh, mind yeah. though. You're like, Why? what are you talking because about? Because you want to show We're them. sitting here eating dinner in the house that I pay for at the table eating the food. Like, you're telling me I don't care for you. Right, right. Or I never get you anything. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You know? Because yeah. that's not what they're, it, that's not what they, they're thinking. It's not, or it's not what they're trying to convey to you. Right. They're trying to convey something else, like you said, that they don't know how to express. Right. And so picking through that, I saw this that happens, and I didn't ask myself if I could tell the story, so I'm not going to tell you which one it was. But, um, you know, we were outside at the beach the other day with him and some of his friends. And, you know, some of his friends are like, you know, and he, they're like, you know, the, oh, you know, we don't want to really be outside in the sun and playing. Like, they're too cool to play anymore and do that stuff. Until they started playing, they had a friggin' blast. Right, right. I mean, they were like little kids again. They were having so much fun. Yeah. And it was almost like you had to drag them out of the lake, you know, to be like, all right, it's time to get going. You know, like we've been here all day. We've kind of got to get going, um, kind of thing all over again. Like, again, they, they take on this persona of one thing. Yeah. And then you realize later that, man, they're just trying to find a way to express how they feel. It's not really what they're trying to say. Right. And so, you know, there, yeah, there's a part of them that feels that way, but there's a big part of them that still right. is in there. Right. And at the, at the same time, we don't, we don't want to go too far one way of like, you know, it's all about letting them express how they feel right. and trying to, you know, cause that's actually where parenting is going. There's no discipline anymore. There's, the children are dictating the, the parents and telling them what they think is right and wrong, and the parents are agreeing with it. You know, the parent, now the children are running the house, which are a lot of our TV shows today anyways that right. project that. Um, so, I mean, we're not saying there isn't discipline. I mean, there's, you know, the Bible says, you know, you, you correct them, you, you discipline them, you know, and you discipline out of the one thing that I learned when it comes to discipline, whether it's a teenager or a kid, 
is the reality of you do, you're, the only time you're supposed to have a discipline is direct disobedience. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, you don't discipline a kid for throwing a rock and accidentally hitting a breaking your window. You don't discipline them for that. Right. That was a mistake. But a direct disobedience, like when your child is 15 and says, F you, I'm out of here. Okay, that's, you're, I'm going to go do drugs. Right. Direct disobedience, right? Uh, which is key. So mm-hmm. once again, we're not trying to say, hey, it's all about discovering the heart of your child and you know, letting them express all their feelings and all the other kind of stuff. There is moments like that. Like, for instance, there's, you know, one example was with my one daughter. You know, she had a problem and whatever the case may be. In the first, like, 20 minutes of her conversation, I didn't say anything. And she's just, you know, crying and explaining to me all these things. And I had, like, 12 opportunities to say something, and I didn't, which is good. So finally, after about 25 minutes, she finally got to the root of what was mm-hmm. causing her pain. Right? Most of the time, I can't say I did that every time to my kids. Right. You know, I want to interject. I want to get in there. I want to correct them. I want to whatever. But there's there's so many layers, like you say, when they get to that age, there's so many layers that you got to let them break through before they're going to actually expose their heart. Right. And when they do expose their heart, that's they're, they're usually ready for you to say something or ready for you to direct, whether it's towards us or not. Um, but it's just being patient enough, especially as dads, to let them get through all the garbage first. Mm-hmm. Right, right, um, and then there's some maybe a disciplinary action that needs to take place. You know, because uh, the Bible is, I can read five different scriptures that talk about how God, you know, how God disciplines those He loves, and you know, the rod of correction. Which I'm telling you, if you're a parent out there and you got a, you got a kids under, you got a kids under, um, you got kids under, you know, seven, and you're still spanking them, you know, for you know whether you believe it or not, it's in the Bible. Dude, you got to get one of the, the rods made and hanging up on your wall because the rod of correction is like three feet long. It's an inch thick. It's a piece of wood that's three feet long, an inch thick, and it's about six to eight inches wide, and it's got holes drilled in it. That's what they'd spank their kids with. Mm. You put that on the wall <laughs> and say, this is what I'm going to discipline you with when you direct disobedience, you'd probably kids would grow up pretty <laughs> Wouldn't have to spank them, but hopefully. But, but yeah, but you know what I mean. Um, right. You know, so I just want to make sure that everybody understands that you know there there's a moments where you, you need to discover their hearts, you need to discover where they're at, especially in teenage years. You got because they want to know that you you you're with them in life, not about directing their life. And um and yeah, some of those things are going to be directed towards us and how we didn't do well. Right. I mean, that's just the truth. And I think another, you know, the thing to keep in mind too with teenagers specifically is that you know they're seeing everything oh, yeah. and they're taking in a lot of that they're taking in a lot of that feedback even when you don't think that they are right, right. and so you know one of the things that I think I'm I'm trying to continue to work to be better on because I want to say like hey I'm doing this and I am every great once in a while is doing things not for the not for the direct, you know, uh, interaction with them, or not not for something positive immediately. Right. But long, so so writing a kid, my kids' notes, right? Like, I'll 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 write out a note for my sons, and you know, and and you know, and and uh, and give it, you know, and leave it for them to take with them when they're going to work, or you know, or whatever, or just you know, texting them a quick message like, hey. You know, I saw that you picked up your laundry and had it all in the laundry room this morning. Yeah. You know, that's great. It's showing initiative and, you know, and, and, um, you know, and I appreciate that. And by the way, I'll make sure that, it's, you know, and then I'll go and do that laundry for them again, not 
to coddle them or whatever, but to show them, hey, I appreciate. Now, I don't always do it. You're seeing something more than just a negative. Yeah, I don't always do it, but but again, you know, and again, taking those, and and I want to do more of that. I want to do more of that where I'm where I'm doing those things, even though they may not, you know, because my they're my they're they're boys, so they're just like, yeah, I don't care, Dad. You know, hey, thanks for the note, but I got other things to do, right? But those things are important, and they. They do appreciate them, and I think that long term, that's the kind of stuff that makes a difference, right? Because if they can, they can look back and go, "Man, you know what? My dad did care, and and he showed it in ways that at the time maybe I didn't, I didn't think was cool, right? right? But he did appreciate that. So you're planting seeds, and I mean, one of the, I mean, you know, one of the great things about Proverbs, if you want to know, if you want to know how to be a dad, read Proverbs. I mean, yeah, I mean. Literally, that's what I like about Sean's class, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a father speaking to his son. Right. And I'm not going to read the whole proverb, but if you just read, if, you, if those that are listening, just read the whole proverb, proverb four. Just read the whole chapter, Proverbs four, but read it in the manner of how a child is directed by the things that a father says. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what we contribute with our words and our actions toward our kid is forming those kids. Mm-hmm. And I want you to read that in a way of like how a child, your child, especially, you know, your sons or whatever, but your child's direction is going to be 100% altered by the way that you raise them, by right. the things that you speak into their lives. And so my, for my kids, there's just so many things. I mean, I told you the story about driving down the road and, and I had to hit the brakes and Constance didn't have her seatbelt on and she flew up and she hit the back seat. And my, da- my daughter, Jackie's like, see, that's what you get for not wearing a seatbelt. And I turned around. I'm like, Jackie, that was mean. She goes, well, that's what you told me the other day. Right. Yeah. You know, so like you say, what, you're, right. what you are contributing is going to show an effect in their lives. And some's good, some's bad. We're not perfect. Uh, but I think that's the other great thing about teenage years is you begin to see both. Right. And there's been multiple times where I've seen the attitude, especially – you know, my son Tyler, I've seen his attitude, and I'm like, oh, boy, that, that, that was me. Right. And, and then that's a teaching moment where, hey, I can see that this is what I contributed to your life, but you're going to have to. The one thing I told all my kids was me and Carrie are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we ask is to not hold them against us, but change them in your own life. Because right. those were areas we couldn't change or we didn't change well. And so don't, don't hold a grudge against us or walk in unforgiveness. Know that we had a difficult time doing it, but you could probably change it, you know. And hopefully they heated to that, and I think they have some paper. But. So I think the important thing here is it's never too late. No. you got to start sometime, so now is the time you have, right? I mean, if you didn't do it before, then now is the time to start. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and really quick, before that, of course the enemy's going to come and say you failed as a sure. father. For sure. Of course he's going to do that. Sure. Of course he's going to say that you, it's too late now. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, and, and like John and Morgan, all those guys say, you know, you know, uh, you know, don't tap out. Right. Don't tap out changing yourself. Hopefully one day they see the change in you and it'll cause change in them. So. Right. All right. Good. Good. All right. Bro. All right.